Hello, I'm Dr. Jeff Huismans, and this is the Open University Open Politics podcast on the insecurity of security. The checkpoints were a place where Palestinians would come through. This is where Israel monitors the Palestinian people now going back and forth. They were supposed to be something that would give Israel more security. And people had this idea that if they check everyone and give them permits and make it difficult to get into Israel, they will prevent terrorist acts. A very elderly lady and her spouse show us their special permit, received only for this Friday, enabling them to go to pray at the mosque. This is what they are forced to do every week. Sometimes they are issued their permit, sometimes not. A matter of luck, she says. The checkpoints and walls that control movement of Palestinians between Israel and the West Bank is seen as a security measure. Its stated purpose is to prevent terrorists from entering Israeli cities. This podcast explores the effects on the daily life of people and how checkpoints are made into sites of contesting security policies. One of the groups protesting against the security measures is Maxim Watch. They are a group of Israeli women who have been monitoring the checkpoints along the border since 2001. Dr. Irus Breverman, associate professor at the University of Buffalo Law School, was an activist with the group. People seem to think that checkpoints are just a new thing. It's part of the wall. It's just part of that administration, which is not really true. The organization Machsom Watch, which means Machsom means checkpoint, started a lot before the construction of the wall because there were checkpoints then as well. Interestingly, they were kind of points of blockage in a way rather than points of passage. When the construction of the wall came to be, then the checkpoints became the only way to actually get through the wall They've become uh, really important sites. So you you can watch a street that used to be lively, and now there's a wall and people have to go all the way around, sometimes kilometers away from their home and from their schools to get to the other side of the street, basically. Um, so the work of the Mahsam Watch women is being there and witnessing the whole relationship between the Palestinian and the soldier shifts. Now the soldiers are watched, too. Checkpoints have become part of everyday life, with various repercussions for people passing through them. Hannah Barak, based in Jerusalem, is part of Maxim Watch. At the height of our activity at the checkpoints, we went to 40 checkpoints twice a day, and we monitored it. Everything we saw, we just monitored it. Usually the checkpoints open at 4 o'clock in the morning, and by 7 o'clock most people have crossed, and they go in very, I would say, in, in an unpleasant way. There is a lot of uncertainty of how long will it take to pass these checkpoints. And therefore, people come very early, and there is a lot of pushing and shoving going on. And uh, the soldiers that are there speak Hebrew, and the people who pass speak uh, Arabic, and there is a lot of misunderstanding, and there is a lot of anger in, in this whole procedure. Friday, a day of rest and prayer for Palestinians. The first sensation welcoming us at the terminal is the pungent stench of urine that hovers around the people waiting in line. The floor is filthy and littered, the toilets in shocking condition. On Friday, no workers, hence no cleaners. 
Palestinians await passage in two lines. We join one of the waiting lines and experience being caged between the dense metal bars. Claustrophobia and humiliation combined. Some people have to go through this every day, several times a day, going back and forth. So they would come through on their way to work, on their way to the fields, on their way to the other side of the village because checkpoints were everywhere. They weren't just on the border. There were hundreds of various types of checkpoints. With the decision to build the wall in 2002, the checkpoints became linked to a more formalized and visible border. As a result, there has been a change in the way the checkpoints operate. The administration of the checkpoints um, has changed so that now it's, it's become very difficult for Palestinians to move across that big um, boundary that, has, that is represented by the wall, but in most places it still isn't a wall. It's just a very massive administration. So there's a whole bureaucracy behind them, a bureaucracy of occupation, I call it. There's all these kind of computerized systems that check the Palestinians. There's all these different types of permits that they need to get. It's much more difficult to cross. And now less and less there is direct contact with the Israeli soldiers. They stand in line. The, the queues are formed by kind of more physical things that don't involve human interaction. Now it's mostly kind of turnstiles and fences and, um, and kind of those physical instruments that replace the human interaction that used to be there. The soldiers sit in booths. They have no physical connection with the Palestinians. They don't even talk to them face to face. They talk through a loudspeaker. That's how it's done today, in a sterile way. And uh, the, whole, the whole procedure is terrible. The change in administration has also meant a change in the way Max and Watch carry out their work. So the new terminals dehumanize the whole process. And this, in the same way, it has also affected the women in Mahsom Watch. So they can't really, it's not really so much the direct physical gaze that was so strong and powerful this kind of witnessing by being there, one foot away from the soldier, looking him in the eye. There's not that much, that much kind of direct physical contact anymore. The relationship has also been institutionalized and formalized. Now it's a lot more Mahsomwatch women going, going meeting with the commanders, speaking about the situation, maybe monitoring a little bit, but not for hours and hours. So Mahsam Watch is not really just at the checkpoint, the physical checkpoint, the physical terminal itself, because now that the administration has expanded to include so many other aspects of Palestinian life um, and so many other spaces, then necessarily the work of Mahsam Watch has also expanded to these other spaces as well. And this is something that is interesting. In a way, Mahsam Watch women have been, become part of this administration. So while... This is a very positive effect in the short term, perhaps. We are now part of this administration, and we're even legitimizing it. We're making it seem more humane. This is what complicates the politics of insecurity. How do Max and Watch reconcile both aspects of their work? The act of monitoring and the humanitarian assistance. The one protesting the checkpoints, the other making them more humane and therefore more acceptable. I combine both by not sleeping at night because I, I tear my hair, hair out for that, with that question. It's a very serious question. When we go and say, build a roof over a, a checkpoint, we are actually saying to the authorities, 
not in so many words, but the underline of it is, listen, people, you have a right to do all this, but do it in a more humane way. This does not go together with us being a political organization saying, hey, this is wrong. We are opposed to it. And it is an, a very deep conflict. And each and every one of us is dealing with this problem on a daily basis. Uh, it's, it's impossible. There is no way that you can stand there and do nothing about it. It's just inhuman. Once you do it, you are committed to it. Once you are committed to it, you need to deal with it. And it's not easy. The effect of walls and checkpoints remains ambiguous. They're meant to increase security, but they also reinforce insecurity. For many years, even before the actual physical wall has been built, there's more and more of a mental wall between Palestinians, mainly in the occupied territories, and Israeli Jews. They don't go to the same schools. They don't stand in the same buses. They don't attend or go to the cinema with us. So, so basically, there's this kind of separation, that cultural separation that is not necessarily formal, that has been occurring through the years. And now with the construction of the wall has, has become a lot more formalized. Now it's even more difficult for Israelis and Palestinians to get to know each other. This obviously furthers the alienation. Checkpoints and walls are instruments for managing insecurity, but they are also sites of political contest, and sites where insecurity pervades everyday life in a stark way. As Maxim Watch demonstrates, security measures are not a technical or administrative solution to the problem, but contribute to it. In a way, a wall might be a real solution in the short term because it does stop people from moving to one side. It monitors them a lot more strictly. But in the long run, real security will not come from that because, because the fear builds up, fear, the alienation, the violence, and one day it'll probably just burst. The Insecurity of Security was an open politics podcast produced by the Open University. You can watch the accompanying video or listen to more political podcasts at www.open.ac.uk forward slash openlearn forward slash politics podcasts.